Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of the Imaginary Movie Podcast, a podcast where we watch a movie and then we talk about it. My name's David, and do you love clones? Because this isn't really about clones, I'm sorry. We're, we're moving straight on from clones. <laughs> False advertising. Uh, and I'm Ross, and at least in a movie where humans are grown and, and harvested for their organs, at least we still have product placement. <laughs> so this week... Well, we watched 2005's uh, The Island, a um, veritable trash fire of a movie. Uh, well, well, yes, I mean, it's terrible. I mean, the premise is fantastic. And, you know, if it had um, an actual director, you know, it could it could be a, like, you know, a fairly acclaimed movie. But unfortunately, you know, you had the bay. What we've got to think, Ross, is you're, it's 2000, 2004, 2005, You've mm-hmm. got this great, like, cool concept sci-fi script. You know, there's clones. It's it's set in modern day. You know, like future oh, tech. Inter- exactly. There's this interesting stuff going on. Like, there's some cool themes to be explored here. Who do we want for this? You know, <laughs> who are we going to get to direct this? We're going to get Michael Bay, known for at the time because he's not done that many movies. Bad Boys, a yeah. movie in which a load of guys shoot a lot of people and a lot of things blow up the rock where a lot of guys shoot a lot of things and a lot of things blow up uh, armageddon where they're blowing up asteroids and a lot of things get shot and stuff you know Space Harbor, where a lot of things get shot and blow up there's a theme here bad boys too where even more stuff gets shot and blown up and then this the island like of those movies jump out to me as like an introspective thoughtful <laughs> sci-fi piece you know um yeah well I'm, I'm just trying to piece together the theme you're trying to to show me div what i'm saying ross is that michael bay is our premier music video director slash um explosion choreographer <laughs> our extended uh, music video yeah. has slouched into <coughs> this kind of um this weirdly like um good position where he's made a lot of movies that made a lot of money well, uh, based on two factors is that he knows how to shoot a sexy lady you know yep. and he knows how to choreograph an explosion and there are lots of them he gets plenty of opportunity the man has I put just, the work in I just realized you said things. sexy baby i know he's not not that you said he knows how to shoot sexy baby no he knows how to shoot a sexy baby and if you're not well, unfamiliar with the term sexy, sexy baby, baby is a term, Ross. I actually said sexy lady, but um, yeah, <laughs> oh, it's sorry. a fair point. I'll let you continue. Well, Explain I was, sexy uh, baby to our audience, Ross. Explain that, please. Um, well, first of all, I'm really uncomfortable with the concept. Um, the concept, I believe, was coined by our uh, colleague who's still missing, Sam Jordan. If you've seen Sam, tell, tell him um, we're looking for him and we miss him. It was <laughs> so coined, the <laughs> uh, coined by Sam, and it's basically... Um, how you portray a you know an attractive uh, usually woman, um, but you remove all her brains and common sense so that she has all the wonderment and looking upon the world as if a newborn baby. Hence, sexy baby. And I hate that. That's a term. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. No, do you know you, you don't hate that it's a term, Ross? Do you know what you hate that it's a thing in movies? I didn't know it was exists. a thing. We watched <laughs> Demolition Man is when we had this conversation initially. Sand- and Sandy Sandra B, Bullock, the original our sexy woman, baby. Sandra Bullock is a sexy baby in that film because she's really naive. She doesn't know anything and she treats everything like she's about four years old. It's ridiculous. Mm, it's and Scarlett Johansson in this movie is literally scripted to be a sexy baby. At least, at least Scarlett Johansson's character has an excuse for that though. At, you know, at least there's that. At least it's written that way. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I mean, to be fair, you know, you know, maybe Michael Bay just didn't, you know, um, you know, maybe he was intimidated by the cast. You know, they were doing like, you know, this gritty. Oh, what if you know, in the future they grew, harvested humans, and they're like, well, who are we gonna get? Well, we need, we need a British actor. You know, someone gritty. Um, you know, well, oh, what about Christian Bale? Well, no, he's doing Batman. Mm, okay. What about Alan Rickman? No, he's doing Harry Potter. Oh, God. Um, um, Ewan McGregor? <sighs> Sold. I give up looking at this point. They went, they went through two actors, Dave. You know what I mean? They did their due diligence. <laughs> yes. So, have you got a plot summary up, Ross? Or would you like me to read it? I've got the plot summary, baby. Well, you hit me with it. 
<laughs> Bow, pow. We're gonna we're gonna get Sam yeah. to edit in a bunch of like explosion sounds just to give you the real Michael Bay experience. Like, on this si- podcast. Oh, I was thinking sixties Batman sound effects like barf, poof. Much more our speed, I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. so, I could be a fat Burt Reynolds in a suit running around chasing <laughs> fat criminals, no problem. So, the island. A man living in a futuristic, sterile colony begins to question his circumscribed existence when his friend is chosen to go to the island, the last uncontaminated place on Earth. Plot summary, plot summarised there. That's a decent setup. Like you said, like you said, Ross, mm-hmm. the plot of this movie in terms of like it being a sci-fi and it being like a... Ooh, their reality isn't really reality. There's a real Truman Show vibe in the first maybe twenty minutes of this movie. Definitely, I really like. I really like a lot of it. Um, so we could talk about the cast as we go. I think because, like, guess what? There's not a name in here that we haven't already mentioned on the podcast several times. <laughs> <laughs> Have like, we done is, a you know, pretty... one before? sure actually i think we might mention him in passing but like maybe i don't think we've done a ewan mcgregor role oh, yeah. i know we've done scar joe i know we've done uh steve buscemi i'm not sure about ewan mcgregor we should blow the terrible american accent horn here um, <laughs> did, did this strike you as well that like do, do you know i have this to be is, honest it didn't it's this is one of the least convincing american accents i've ever and i've i've heard ewan mcgregor do a better american accent than he's doing in this movie um, Yeesh. It's bad, it's bad. Um and he's also not doing his actual Scottish accent. Um why? I think quite intentionally. So so then you have to wonder why. Like cause it's not like, like it's a very my... good reason why. This is a movie made for American audiences, Ross, who can't understand any kind of British any kind of British Scottish Irish accent, mm. can they? Yeah. So it's like um it's it's kind of like uh, Jared Butler playing Irish people all the time. It's fine because he's he's quite. Do you know what I mean? He's all the time. That one movie, all the time. I'll, I'll find more examples. Don't worry about it. But like it, it, the Americans struggle with like thick, you know, accents generally. Yes. Yes. So whenever you see like, um, you know, this is a good example of um, Ewan McGregor doing like quite a quite a clipped version of his scottish accent that's like recognizably yeah. scottish but maybe not as broad as if he was talking to a mild scottish person do, do you know yeah. what i actually i actually understand that because when i first moved to england obviously spoke with an irish accent but when you're speaking to people and you know they don't understand a word you're saying because their eyes go like glazed over and they smile at you and you're like this guy doesn't have a fucking clue what i'm saying to him so then you you consciously uh, develop a habit of speaking slower, enunciating more, so that people can understand you. So I sort of get what you're saying, where they have to do like a, a region, uh, sort of a, a broad or a clipped, as you put it, Dave, accent, so that a broader audience can understand you. Absolutely, because I mean, the English-speaking world is like reasonably homogenous in terms of like we can all understand what Americans are saying, but I think <laughs> the American audience, uh, oh, some people struggle like. The big one that comes to mind is you remember when um, and this is not related to this movie at all. Uh, do you remember the X Factor or something like that? And that Cheryl Cole, who's yeah, a Geordie, yeah. went to present <laughs> in America, and basically it it went for one season because, and she's got quite like a quite a mild Geordie accent as Geordie yeah. accents go, and they had to subtitle it, and basically they didn't get they didn't get a second season with her because they were like no one can understand a fucking word she's saying. And for our American audience, Dave, can you just give them a taste of the Geordie accent there? I'm not, I'm not doing a Geordie accent. Uh, let me think, let me think. Um, why I, man? That's why I, man? We're going down tune. Um, <laughs> down tune. Exactly. Um, obviously, Ross and I are uh, linguistics uh, by trade. Experts. Um, but that's 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 really a minor point, but it's always interesting to talk about like from a British perspective of like, our, our quote-unquote our actors going over to America and doing pretty yeah. piss-poor American accents and then, like, you know, not their natural accents either. I mean, to be fair, do you know what I mean? Like, this, you know, our our, our country makes up a very small proportion of, you know, global sales, so who the, who, who the fuck's going to care? You know what I mean? A couple of hundred people in Scotland get fucked. <laughs> exactly. There are five million people in Scotland, Ross. I think they're fine without that money. I think I think, I think okay. it's generous to assume that everyone in Scotland <laughs> went to see this movie. Even if everyone in Scotland went to see this movie, Ross, they're fine. They're okay. It's yeah, an audience they could do without. Um, you got paid at the but, end of the day. Exactly. Let's get into talking about the plot of this movie, perhaps. The first bit I want to talk about, Ross, is this like 
what's the word? The pre... Um, God, what the fuck are the names of these characters, by the way? Oh, the Ewan McGregor character is... Okay, so... Lincoln. Okay. Lincoln. Yeah, so we're going to call him Lincoln. And then Scarlett Johansson is... It's Jordan, uh, isn't she? Jordan, yeah, exactly. We're not going to give so, them the full names. We're going to talk about this first segment where, like, the illusion is in place, where we, we meet, like, at the char- our main characters, and we, we're in the institution, and, like... And Lincoln kind of, like, begins to discover everything's not awry. Basically, Ross, this is, like, the only sci-fi segment of the movie until we get our first horrifically over-the-top chase scene with loads of explosions <laughs> and shooting. Yeah, um, I mean... So, yes, yeah, so this this segment of the movie is kind of, like, I also imagine maybe the most expensive bit to shoot because it's all a set. You've got hundreds of people mm. in, like, white jumpsuits... They're all I in this that. facility. I love that. And even you, McGregor's character says, like, you know, when he when he's like going mental, why are we wearing white all the time? It's impossible to keep clean. <laughs> I want a colour. I want yeah. a colour on this, yeah. Um and like they all live in this in- institute and they have like jobs, quote unquote jobs. They all do like busy work. Mm. And there's a canteen and they're all like constantly monitored and things. And they the the kind of um the gimmick is that the gimmick, the lie, is that the world ended there was an apocalyptic event and like the world is infected it's like there's a, you can't live outside basically it, it, except, a contamination is what they call it yeah exactly except like they keep finding survivors question mark um <laughs> and but they have a lottery so there's a decontaminated area called the island which is not an underground base which is what they live in um and every so often like there'll be a lottery and somebody is going to the island you know and again, we get all this set up like I think reasonably well. There's some fun scenes here of like mm-hmm. you know Lincoln especially chafing against the fact that he's not allowed to eat bacon. Um, and oh, that, like, who wouldn't be he has pissed to off? Wear white, I'd be pissed off. And all this exercising, man. Like yeah, being a being a being a mouse in a cage is one thing, but like yeah. you have to be in shape. Yeah. You aren't allowed to fuck. That's a big thing here. This movie really <laughs> is the story of. Of of um, these two characters, like basically getting to fucking at the end, it really is a long journey for the that what yeah that and the payoff isn't great, and I don't mean that in a gratuitous, disgusting way. You are right, Ross. That sex scene could have been way more graphic. <laughs> no, I just mean like you're right, didn't... Ross. I agree. It could have been way more graphic, but it's just it's a PG thirteen movie. You can't have that much nudity. I know you're a shaft man, but we just can't see it on the on a film like this. Um, no, I'm I'm just saying that you know because it's it's safe for the end of the movie, and you just think you know as these people are exploring the world more, and it's even told through exposition as the movie goes on that the sort of they're they're gaining more and more memories. So. I mean, you know, the, the first time they're alone together without any supervision, you know, something would happen. And I'm not saying they have to have sex, but, you know, like, you know, just, just uh, you know, an embrace, a kiss, something, because you wouldn't leave it that long. You know, humans wouldn't leave it that long. We can't even, we can't even have the internet for five minutes before before we, our mind turns to filth. So it's not even five minutes. Like <laughs> a, clo- a closed door in fucking 45 seconds and people are... You know, um, it's never Zip. been easier to be to be a depraved individual. Uh, yeah. But in this movie, I agree. And so the kind of like the setup is that um, from the outside perspective is that this is a secret facility run by Sean Bean, who I love as a bad guy in this. Um, we'll get into that, I'm sure. And <laughs> these these people are all clones. They all exist to be organ donors to fucking millionaires, I, which I like. I like the um, yes, especially relevant now. Where Elon Musk could legitimately have like an Amazon warehouse. Dave, I was literally going to bring this up. You know, my only critique of this is that they didn't think big enough. We've got like because this movie, don't forget, is set in two thousand nineteen. We've got two years later. We've got Jeff Bezos going to the fucking space. These guys didn't think big enough. That's their only problem. The 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 writers and the directors. Yeah, it's uh, like yeah, everyone would have five of these, and it wouldn't be a secret because guess what? The people with all the money, they've got all the money. What are you going to do? Complain? I own everything. I am <laughs> exactly. literally... I have the most money in the world. Everything we place value in, I have the most of it. What are you going to do? Nothing. Get back to work. Your shift starts in five minutes. Go. Exactly. So it's a secret, illegal underground facility. Like, And the, the thing that Sean Bean says later is that they tried to have these like clones just be vegetables and like they'd just be like 
they grow them so they can harvest the organs, but they'd never be conscious. Without consciousness, and yeah. That's what the government thinks is happening. Mm-hmm. Quote, unquote. Uh, but apparently that didn't work, so they have all these people just sitting around this facility, playing squash, running, complaining about wearing white. Keeping their bodies all... in peak condition, essentially. Exactly. Keeping Which is clever. Healthy. It's very, very clever, and it's kind of like a what's the thing they're all educated and kind of like conditioned to be around sort of like 13 or no like the mental age of about 12 13 like mm-hmm. they have no no knowledge or like which is again like um i think uh sex and sexual attraction is kind of really hardwired into the um yeah, biochemistry into... <laughs> of being like an organism like not even a human being like Especially and, when they have the maturity of like t- prepubescent teenagers, like these things are going to be humping the walls. Do you know what I mean? This, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's anyway. But that's like the thing is that's why it's established and like um, so they're like kids basically, but they're all grown ass adults. Um, it doesn't take us long really to get from this scene where we meet all these like lovable, like childish, like actors playing like angry kids basically. Uh, we get to meet Michael Clark Duncan um, in what must be one of his like. I think he died two or three years after this. Um, the big no, I black think he, he was relatively. Re- no, no, he don't know. I think he was relatively recent, actually. Michael Clark Duncan, did you say? Yeah, I think he died in about two thousand seven, two thousand eight. So I'm going to disagree with you there, Ross. But um, you can, you can uh, look that up on the old um, interwebs. Internet while I, interwebs you stole for time. Like, so. You meet Michael Clark Duncan, who's kind of like a has a really small role in this movie, where he exists to um, 2012 be a big guy who fights with a load of orderlies. Mm-hmm. What, what year, sorry, Ross? 2012. 2012. So a bit later than I thought. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we have him. Uh, we have all of the other like mental impatience. I quite like not mental impatience. They seem like that because they're all wearing white and they're all a bit yeah weird. I quite like this scene. It's quite nice to like meet all these characters and. It's just a bit of a shame that no, none of these characters have any impact on uh, Lincoln and Jordan, our two main characters, whatsoever. There's no like uh, escape plan. There's no like clever sort of like, you know, where they plan with a few of them to break out or to take yeah. over something or to find which, out something. Which is especially a, a fantastic point, Dave. Given that the movie sort of tagline is "plan your escape," when there's no planning whatsoever, they just manage. They, they stumble out of this. <laughs> seemingly secure facility. Yeah. It's also a big problem is the title of this movie is The Island and kind of like The Island is a thing begins and ends in this first 15-20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Like we hear about it and then we know it's a lie fucking straight away. Uh, when I first heard this movie I thought it was a remake of you know like one of the, that, that 60s movie where they're trying to get essentially get off and you got those floating orbs that you know that chase you. I thought yeah. it was a remake of that but yeah. It's just bizarre. It's a really strange choice, and like it kind of goes along with choosing Michael Bay to direct it. Like, <laughs> it was a series of strange decisions, wasn't it? Like, Michael Bay is a f- a fine director, and I do mean that in a he's an adequate director way, and not in a he's a great director way. Just to be clear, um, like he's fine, he's adequate, he's totally like going to go out and make a movie that's going to make loads of money. But the yeah. title's stupid. The title. How do you market like the island? Which has absolutely nothing to do with a landmass surrounded by water at all. But um, yeah, and and you know, and obviously you know they're trying to bury the lead because it's not actually about an island, it's about this cloning facility, which is fair enough. However, when that's revealed within the first twenty minutes, maybe you don't need to be so coy about it with your marketing, with your you know, with 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 your name, even like you know the 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 the, the movie. Uh, description or synopsis that are out at the start makes no mention that it's actually a facility of clones etc etc so they really tried to bury you know what i mean that that was you know i'm sh- i'm assuming they planned for this to be a big grand reveal big shock moment but it's given away in the first 20 minutes which is fine yeah, this is the problem it's like you really need an hour of like there's weird stuff going on people keep disappearing like yes yeah you know maybe he sees michael clark duncan fighting with these orderlies and getting murdered and he's like um i don't really understand anything that's going on here yeah maybe you have more of a dystopian sort of like thing where it's him and scarlett johansson kind of like trying to take this place down from the inside as opposed to what we actually get which 
I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it's really just a series of gunfights and explosions. It's <laughs> it's fairly... yeah, it's your standard, you know, two people on the run from the law. Do you know what I mean? It's it your could standard have been, could have Michael Bay set menu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's gonna be a freeway. There's gonna be some <coughs> pileups. There's going to be like people inexplicably surviving like horrible, horrible trauma. So, the, um, I'm, you know, we're we're on we're on we're on to one of the chasing now, and this is one of the things I want to bring up. Um, but and before, but but I'll, I'll circle back to the chasing in a second because one of the things I want to mention was what I really liked as well was the design of the future tech from this. So you had like you know, and obviously these are you know sort of like predictions of what to say. And one of the things was um, the train. Now the train that they make their escape on is basically seemingly. It's you know running on magnets, which is pretty cool concept. You know, no tracks, just these series of like bars, um, the width of a train apart that propels the train along. Seems cool. The train as well, <laughs> like the insides, lush interior, everything's so comfy. Um, pretty sure they didn't plan on trains still being shite in twenty nineteen. Um, but then what I loved is, in the first chase scene. You know, they're going through, and then there's this truck that they managed to <coughs> hop onto. And what's this truck carrying, Dave? Can you remember? I can't, no. You, no problem. Carrying train wheels, which seemingly no longer exist. <laughs> <laughs> just, the, just the slight... Like, you could have loaded this truck with anything. But you were like, no, 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 trains don't have wheels, but they're transporting them for some reason. Just well, come on, guys. Apparently this was... Um, Michael Bay had seen something, like some... Some lorry had overturned how he was carrying sort of the train runners. And apparently, allegedly, this is what the trivia reckons, is that... Oh, I believe it. Like, I believe it. He just thought, like... Because Michael Bay seems like a total bro. He's like, oh, cool. I yeah, have to put yeah, that yeah, in my next yeah. movie. And like, oh, so he's sick. like, I want a chase scene. Oh, sick. Yeah, cool. This would be Bruh. an awesome idea. I'll write it in my dream journal. Yeah. <laughs> Railroad tracks. Accident. Explosions. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, you're the fucking best. <laughs> word for um, word transcript from his dream journal <laughs> uh, yeah so we have that um, we haven't mentioned Steve Buscemi who I don't want to miss um, because he has one of the more baffling arcs in this movie mm. where why is he doing anything that he's doing what? you've yeah. got a good job Ross let's think it's the future the heady <laughs> days of 2019 uh, you've got a really great job with really good benefits uh, yeah. maintaining and repairing this facility uh, which breeds and murders clones for body parts. And this job like, is going to pay, for the reasons you just mentioned, it's going to pay big bucks. One, for you to do the work you do to keep clones alive, because a clone costs like $5 million in, tw- in, you know, in 2019. Also, they need you to keep to shut the fuck up. So you're going to be getting paid massive bucks. So go on ahead, Dave. You're going to be signing a serious NDA, and you're going to be under no illusions that if you, for instance, uh, help two of these yeah. clones escape... Uh, you're going to be murdered, just uh, like Steve Buscemi is probably in this movie. Yeah, number one, I highly doubt as well they'd let the staff just go home at the end of every day. I think they'd be on site for a bit. Number two... Why don't you use clones for that? Oh my God, why don't you use clones for that? You've got clones, <laughs> just use clones! <laughs> oh. Anyway, anyway, that's what, a very Why, why is anyone employed in this facility? Why isn't everyone just a clone? Well, you'd have to make a clone of someone. And basically, and if you owned the company and you cloned you, Dave, your clone would be like, uh, actually, no, I own this fun company. You go get to fucking work, prick. Well, you just make the clones a bit. What's the word? Um, Docile, obedient. If I got a if I got a job tomorrow, and I said, Mister Newell, we would love you to come and run our new facility where we're <coughs> breeding clones to <coughs> harvest their organs and <coughs> murder them. And I'd be like, oh, interesting. Um, so have you sorted out the security aspects of this? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, we've had a thought. And basically, we think it'll be fine. We're going to hire a bunch of people who live in this bumfuck nowhere town. Steve Buscemi, totally trustworthy guy. We're going to hire all these greasy idiots to do all the work. And it's going to be totally fine. I'd be like, um, actually, maybe we should um, seal this right up. Like, just have the clones in one spot and the, the people, like... Why are there dinner ladies? Why is that not just a hole in the wall that dispenses food? Like, yes. And also, why... like, the dinner lady is like, you know, an average woman who goes home seemingly at the end of the day. You know she's going to open her fucking mouth. You Again, know there's a question of, like, you kind of want this to be, I mean, literally on an island where none of the staff can leave either. And you're like, right, well, you work here. Exactly. For, exactly. I was just know, thinking the same thing. You work here for two years 
and then you don't get to go home in that two years. We'll pay you a fuckload of money. Mm. But if you ever say a word about it, we'll kill you and your whole family. That's After two years, if you, you ever go home, you know you're being monitored. You are never going to be alone again. They're not, they're not even going to let you go home. You're dead. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you take the exactly. job and then you're dead. But anyway, exactly in, in this lost. world, this didn't happen. No, it didn't. So um, we have Steve Buscemi who helps them and they like they break out. I remember, because I've seen this movie before, obviously, uh, probably not that long after it came out, uh, although definitely not at the cinema, um, because no one saw this in the cinema. Uh, <laughs> but like, I remember them escaping being a much, what's the word, a much more somber sort of like, they just get out rather than... They wandered out, yeah. Huge set piece. Like, it's amazing they weren't caught. But anyway, they find Steve Buscemi <laughs> in this bar. You get some really funny scenes where he just walks in on the toilet because apparently don't, not only do they not know about sex, they don't know about yeah people taking shits. Um, yeah. He's taking in the can taking a dump. Exactly. Steve Buscemi gives them a load of clothes, his credit card, a load of money, and instructions, and then drives them to the train station. <laughs> um, again, like you're either paying Steve Buscemi too much or not enough this company like he needs to be paid enough to be like right well i just i'm just gonna make a phone call yeah they're here they're in my house right now i'll keep them here come and get them please exactly exactly why on earth would you help them you must be making good money why on earth would you jeopardize that not not only not only jeopardizing your paycheck you're jeopardizing your life you like if they're willing to grow humans to harvest their organs they're willing to get rid of one blabbermouth they will put a bullet in your head, Steve Buscemi. You basically live in a trailer. Like they are not worried about you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we kind of get into what I refer to in my head as like the action portion of this movie, don't we? So we kind of abandoned any. You sort mean the of, middle? Uh, the middle, yeah. The uh, well and the end. Uh, we kind of abandoned any sort of like sci-fi elements here because these guys they're now in the real world and they've been hunted by. Um... Oh, what's the word? Uh, what's his name? Mercenaries. In, uh... Jimon Hanzu uh, is the, the, the sort of head mercenary yes. uh, French actor. As Albert uh, Laurent. Hmm? Yes. Uh, and he's kind of like the head mercenary because as Sean Bean explains, he says, we could call the police, but then we'd have to explain to the police why there are sentient clones walking around, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Also, I feel like if you're a black ops mercenary, you're not asking this many questions. <laughs> like, you're not like, we want these people dead. Oh, great. Where are they? Uh, well, we said no questions. Yeah, um, we have a scene with that with um, Sean Bean and him, and then like he's hunting them. And he's like they they kill Steve Buscemi in this train station, don't they? As yeah. like a accidentally or you know just a collateral damage. No, so. no, it wasn't accidentally. It was because he 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 sort of clocked like one of the guys with like an earpiece, and basically he turned around to shout at them to like to warn them, and that's when he gets shot. Ah, uh, yes, you are right, yeah. Um, and they escape again, of course, because um, uh, this is a weird sort of like theme through the movie, is that Lincoln, uh, for whatever reason, is remembering things that the real... I can't remember the, char- the actual the character's name. The real... Tom Lincoln. Um, hmm? the, the, his sponsor, that's what you call them. His name was Tom Lincoln. That's where they get their names from. Uh, right, so their surname is their first name, sort of Lincoln Sex Echo. Yes, so from... Lincoln, like has these memories from like the original from his sponsor like you say so he remembers boats and he dreams and he can drive um and he can ride a motorbike that's not how uh, memories work this thing is called muscle yeah. memory yep don't worry about it roth it's all fine <laughs> don't um, you think the old michael bay again, special because the movie kind of isn't concerned with any of that like it very quickly moves on so they decide because they're basically 12 year olds what we're going to do is we're going to find the the people that, that you know that our sponsors we're going to find our real world counterparts we're going to tell them what's going on and they of course of course will um help us out this facility and save all of these people right right ross right rich people they're really like known for being moral and like obviously Benevo- not Benevo- totally... i can't even say it. benevolent 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 thank you uh, they're known for being selfless. benevolent and helpful and nice, selfless, yeah, especially selfless. the sort of person who, uh, you know, has the sort of money to like buy basically um, cloned go, go organs, into space. As far as they're concerned, go to space, all sorts of things. They Make will help us. The, the money will run for president. Down, it's called. <laughs> 
Uh, absolutely, yeah. Well, you tell me when to stop, know. Dave, okay? Well, I just the, the tragic reality of life is just, well, tragic. Um, <laughs> but this movie's also pretty tragic. God, uh, so God, meet, God I miss uh, Sam. He, he's the cheery one. He is the cheery one. Uh, so we meet Ewan McGregor, the real Ewan McGregor, um, who is quote-unquote Scottish, as we've discussed. We've spent enough time on that, I think. Uh, he is immediately wants to bang a Scarlett Johansson. Seems to be his like, yeah. His key reason for not immediately calling the authorities seems to be, oh, if I they hang around, maybe I can bang this girl. This is one sexy baby. <laughs> this is one sexy baby. Um, yeah, and uh, like so, he kind of like, oh, I'm gonna help you out, and and there's some good acting from you, McGregor, actually, I think, in this bit. Mm. because uh, they're downstairs and he's like yeah we'll go down to the tv studio that's of course how that's how that works i'll tell them what's going on <laughs> they'll it just let us ride on fine yeah they'll be fine you know um and you also get like that that uh the real tom lincoln is he's dying he's got or not dying he's got hepatitis he's going to need new liver in the next few months in uh, two and years so he's yeah. like or whatever it is um he goes upstairs, and uh, I, I really love the line read here. It's, uh, you know, he says, "Hi, it's uh, it's, it's Tom Lincoln here. Um, you know, would you like to tell me why my fucking insurance policy is sitting in my fucking front room?" It's a really funny, like. Well, yeah, yeah it's it, because it's it's the way the scene set up where she's like, "Oh, oh, uh, hello, Mr. Lincoln, how are you? Oh, I'm fine, thank you very much. Um, I have one question. Do you mind telling?" And then it goes on, like, "You say, why the fuck is in my living room?" It's brilliant. What I do love as well is, like, I don't know if you noticed, Dave, again, this is one of the things um, I mentioned, you know, the movie's future tech predictions. What's he making this call on? Bloody Nokia phone. And and it's like this video no call. Yeah, Nokia, sorry. <laughs> this no, Nokia phone. And just... Yes, I believe the ancient Greeks call it a Nokia <laughs> 3210. What is this strange tablet device? <laughs> Um, but yeah, again. Well, of I course, just... Ross, because this movie came out <clears throat> the year before the iPhone, maybe, or the year of. Like, this is really like 2005 is really pre, yeah, like modern interactive technology like that. Yeah, well, again, you know, it's it's a bit easy for me to sort of laugh on. <laughs> they thought the, the you know the Nokia would still be there, but like, it's just really interesting to see like how like movies that are set in the future predict some things i mean we've talked about it before where you know like uh, you know they predict the future like you know you look at demolition man and they made a joke about arnold schwarzenegger becoming president and the fucker was governor you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah there's it's like yeah like you said ross especially technology like this which is only only 15 years in the future like a lot of it's sort of they're having to have a think and they're having to think well, what would what will we be doing yeah. whereas in like back to the future we thought by 2018 we'd be flying cars <laughs> around like do you know what i mean and that's the difference exactly. i think is that exactly you know it, it's much more reasonable this is a much more like relatable world i think yeah. mainly because it was cheaper to, to produce it if the if the modern world well the, the future world rather was like not that far in the future you know there's a lot more glass uh, everything's a lot sleeker. Production design is is way up, but um, you know, ultimately, it's just like you know, cars and roads and that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that that was the one other piece of tech where everyone else was driving normal cars, but somehow these military guys had flying motorbikes. You mentioned you mentioned fl- flying cars. These guys had flying motorbikes. It's a lot of like, don't worry about it. It's a lot to keep in your head because don't think. It's to peak. Typical Michael Bay, where like yeah. a lot of thought goes in on the production to like, oh, these vehicles have got to be really cool, but ultimately you're just gonna have a big explosion every single time. <laughs> like that's <laughs> gonna be the end yeah. of it. Is gonna be bang, 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 bang. The skyscraper blows up. Yeah, I mean, we we've uh, I think this is a good time to talk about you know the, the you know we're talking about the chase scenes because we're almost on the final scene now already. But you know th- this this movie has two. Uh, chase scenes now and in every Michael Bay movie you're always going to get one completely needless gratuitous explosive chase scene this movie has fucking two of them and like I was looking at the runtime and it's like it's two hours twenty if I remember rightly Dave this movie is almost unacceptably long I remember it is, well no it is unacceptable to mention it <laughs> I, I'm proud of us um, it's forty minutes longer than it needs to be Ross 
Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, and, and 40 minutes, you could easily cut 20 by dropping those two chase scenes. There's no need. There's no need for those chase scenes. Oh, wouldn't it be super dope? We're driving down a highway and a tanker just blows up and then a car blows up and we're flipping over the car. Michael, 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 really cool. Michael. And they're shooting no. and there's more explosions. Stop it, Michael. Stop it, Michael. <laughs> I think you are contractually obliged to have, like, like you said, Ross, one to two totally, totally superfluous, egregious chase scenes. Um, well, you also question how these people get away. Like, yes, I know it's a movie and there is some suspension of disbelief, but like... Lincoln and Jordan always escape, and you're like, "But how? How do they escape?" One thing I love is they escape from a train. (laughs) A train runs on tracks. They knew where that train was going. Not this train. Get in a fucking helicopter. Not this train, apparently. But also, apparently, wheels still existed for trains for some reason, and they were they were important enough that they transport them on the back of a truck. One thing Amy mentioned as well, and like, it's a very good point. Now, it's a trope of all movies where when the bad guys are shooting at you, they've got terrible aim. But one of the things is, like, the movie sets up these guys as, you know, an elite force. They're ex-Navy SEALs, ex-Delta Force. So these guys know what they're doing. And they are about, there are times when they're 20 feet away from Lincoln and and Jordan and they're missing with automatic machine guns. You're like, come on. (laughs) Like... You, like you, you said, Ross, like have... you or I could conceivably miss someone at a distance. No, like, I wouldn't. No, I said conceivably. Ross. No, I can't. I can't conceive um... that. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot conceive me missing. I'm sorry. Fair enough. Well, I could conceivably miss someone at a distance because guess yeah, I can what? see that. I'm just yeah. some fat dickhead in the north of England <laughs> who doesn't know how to fire automatic weaponry. Yeah. Right. Um, but like you said, Ross, these guys are meant to be like they are trained. They are here for this. Like Elite. your job is to assassinate. Your job is to kill two people who don't know anything about the world. They don't know how money works. Um, they don't know any of the geography, how to drive, how to use public transport, how to fucking ring a taxi. They don't know any of this. <laughs> and you can't fucking do it. Yeah, exactly. Guys, you, you need to retire. But it is a really big trope in like action movies generally, and especially these sort of like sci-fi sort of on-the-run action movies where um you know the 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 character who we saw burst out fucking matrix pod six minutes ago (laughs) like now he's an expert in jujitsu and he's he knows kung fu exactly and it's kind of like a in some ways you do just have to accept it a little bit but in others like it would be really cool to have this movie be a little less actiony i know michael i know He's all there on the phone shouting at me right now. Um, <laughs> I have this movie be a tiny bit and less. And the car crashes and, maybe, and it's all crawr. And maybe a little bit more of like them hiding. You know, they're in a busy yeah. town. You could have a great like bar nightclub scene where Create they're tension. being followed stealthily. And like you, you turn it into a much more of like a spy thriller type thing of like them like trying to hide. And you know what I mean? You could have people yeah. try and help them and things like that. But you don't have any of that. You have the go to Tom Lincoln's house. He's like, yeah, well, I've shagged a lot, so I've got hepatitis. Um, and that's that sucks, but I've shagged a lot. And that's um, all you're going to learn about me. And that's pretty much. And he's like, I love boats and cars and going really fast. Because I'm really cool. Boats and hoes. And because my character was written by Michael Bay. Um, <laughs> In case you can't tell, I'm the bad guy. Exactly. Um, and we haven't mentioned also that... Um, Jordan, the Scarlett Johansson character, uh, her real-world sponsor is dying. She's... Uh, in a coma. Yeah, so she just won the lottery before they left, which means that she was going to be taken upstairs and... Harvested, yeah. Harvested. And we do see some of that, actually. There's some really dark, there's some really dark aspects of this movie, which we get. So we get, obviously, the... Um, the one with Michael Clark Duncan, which his Michael acting in that is harrowing. Like, like hats off to him. Like, he was... He, he was like... He was in it, and he's a he's big a dude. Big dude. He's looking yeah. good. He was the in the movie for like what five minutes, and he's done one of the best performances in that movie. Mm. Well, essentially, they tran- they they try to put him, put him out, tranquilize him, but he's a massive guy, so they don't give him enough. And this yeah. happens, you know, not in uh, I, I presume it does happen in cloning facilities, but I, I couldn't speak with any certainty. Um, so he's like covered in these wires, and he's bleeding, and he's not unconscious, and he's fighting these doctors, and it's like wow, again. Michael Bay can kind of shoot decent action. There's good tension yes. in that scene. Yeah. Uh, you also get the pregnant woman. 
Uh, this is that's quite harrowing. Where like that hit me, yeah. <laughs> she's just murdered. Like, oh yeah, it's um, horrible. But that apparently wasn't bad enough for us because they have to give us a scene in the middle of this movie where Sean Bean, like physically, personally, stabs a guy to death in the neck. Yeah, I mean, again, this is another example of a scene that's needless. No one is thinking. Oh, I wonder if this guy's actually pretty all right. Maybe. I think it was a studio note, Ross. Um, I think so. Like the studio were like, "We need a scene that shows you Sean Bean is the bad guy," and we're like, um, "Didn't he just? Isn't he running a company, a business that just like murdered this he's, woman? He's literally, yeah. He's he's the orchestrator behind all this. Everyone gets that. Don't worry. <laughs> you but, don't need. But the studios scene of him think fucking you're fucking idiots. Yeah, exactly. And it's like thinking you treating your audience like idiots is is pretty un- unforgivable in a lot of ways. Like sexy babies. But, sexy babies but there are a lot of like again like they kind of there was some there's there's an interesting movie in this you know that i bet this script was a lot better than this movie turned out to be uh yeah i would agree with that uh, yeah 110 percent. it's the, the, well the concept of you know humans you know it's a bit close to the matrix in that you know humans are grown but obviously you know the main difference is that they're grown by humans with the sole purpose to, as you know as spare parts essentially and you know, and you know, they have to be grown, or sorry, they have to be properly cloned, you know, with consciousness. Otherwise, it won't take for some reason. Again, it's a loose sort of reasoning, but it's one you can get behind to have this this got a, dystopian world. Clones have got a rich kind of like Hollywood tradition. Um, I don't know if you remember the. I mean, of course, you've seen it. Uh, the Sixth Day. The uh, yes, of course, I've seen it. Yeah, not a good movie. Dave, who are you not talking good- to? Not a good movie, but better than this movie, and I think it handles the oof, like the sci-fi elements better. Oh, that, that's quite a claim. I don't know. I don't, oof. I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying it's better than this movie. Um, it's it's thought will... through the clone element better. I'll give you that. Yeah, um, and there was another one that comes to mind is Moon, which I'm not sure if you've seen, but you should no. if you haven't, and the audience as well. Um, that's Writing very that good. Down. And again, Moon like. Moon. It's on Now TV, uh, and it's uh, or Amazon maybe, and it's um, God. I can't remember his name. Um, I'll I'll tell you later. But uh, that's a really cool idea. Memorable. Where the clones, the clone, the, the clones uh, exist to like man this moon station, but they oh. don't know they're clones, and basically like they think they're there on a two-year mission, at the end of which they're murdered, um, and Jesus. the new clone is brought in to do a two-year mission to basically like do essential maintenance on this unmanned base Um, and again it's a really cool exploration of like what would we actually use clones for of course it would be stuff like that rather than anything else i'm gonna check that out yeah it's really good um it's only 90 minutes yeah and it's oh well (laughs) sold and that should tell you something about uh this movie the fact that we've talked about four different movies while an episode where we're reviewing the island. <laughs> we've talked about several different movies. Well, we've reviewed it, Ross. It's crap. Yeah. Um, but this. So this. Uh, let's talk maybe about uh, the romantic plot in this, just just briefly, um, because I think it's really poor. <laughs> mm, yeah, I mean, it's not great, is it? But I mean, well, I think it's really poor for several reasons, Ross. I think it's really poor because because of the sexy baby of it all. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson and Ewan McGregor, they can't have any chemistry because mm. Scarlett Johansson especially is acting as if she's eight years old. And yeah. so Ewan McGregor is acting like he's a, t- you know, a, a young child as well. So, of course, they don't have any chemistry. So when they kiss at the end, uh, towards the end, and um, Ewan McGregor says, um, and I have another bit of trivia. I'm not sure how true this is, but it's leading into my Michael Bay mental image. Um, <laughs> Ewan McGregor says, oh, do that thing with your tongue again. That was cool. Oof. Apparently... Michael Bay once said that to a girl, um, and I'm like, Michael Bay, Hollywood bro. Well, I mean, yeah, I was going to say uh, you have to think, you know, in this day and age, you know, maybe Michael Bay wouldn't be as successful as he is, but you know, rich people don't learn lessons, so you know, what the fuck do I know? <laughs> but you know, yeah, I have no problem believing that, Dave, that that is something he said to a girl. Yeah, but. In the movie, I think the Scarlett Johansson and Ewan McGregor don't have a lot of chemistry, which means that the whole romance kind of seems very jammed in. And I, I'm kind of fine Crow without having it. But if you got it, you kind of got to have some scenes where maybe where like where they're both 
even a scene where they're like you know they've just escaped and they're like oh my god and there's there's, a, kind of there's sparks other, like, yeah yeah there's sparks exactly. or something exactly i agree like, and that's why almost, i said about almost the... as if acting <laughs> hear me out doing your job no um that's why i said the you know the, the sex scene that you do get like you know obviously it could have been a lot earlier in the movie like you said where you you know doesn't have to be sex but like an embrace a kiss like you've said dave sparks but it feels unearned and unnecessary, especially when but, you set them up that they essentially because the way I, I I inferred from when Sean Bean was given the exposition, I inferred that they had no sex drives to speak of, or that these are things that they haven't developed yet. So, you know, because there's that point, you know, the first night they spend together, you know, there is no, you know, chemistry or anything like that. So, it's either. Put you know, put it in, lead it up to it. That's fine. But if you're going to say, oh, you know, if, if you're going to make a big show and tell of, this is why there is no chemistry, and then at the very end go, ah, psych, they're going to have sex now. Gotcha. You, you know, pick a lane. It's essentially exactly. the advice I'd like to give. And I agree totally, Ross. And I think that um, what I would have preferred is maybe like maybe because they were like romantically interested in each other. Maybe that's why they ran away. Maybe that's why they broke out of this place in the first place. I think that yeah. would be a more like engaging plot, or you just put a scene at the start of the movie where Sean Bean says, "Yeah, we put something in the food so they don't want to fuck each other." <laughs> yeah. And then later on, it's like, "Well, they're not there anymore." So they're like, yeah. "Hey, say, you're looking sexy." And then I'm like, "Oh, okay, that's fine. That's fair enough." <laughs> What's it sexy? It wouldn't be good. It still wouldn't be good, but like, it would be better than this, which feels just again so much. Of this movie feels like number one and first and foremost, Michael Bay was like, "Right, well, I've written these three fucking dope ass chase scenes with loads of explosions and blow up a whole building at the end it's going to be ace have we got some plot for the middle of it it feels very much like they adapted this script to fit michael bay's pre-existing explosions yeah i very much think michael bay said you know i've got these like you said these three cool scenes and then someone asked him oh what's the plot and he goes said what (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Who? But you don't understand. They're really, really cool. Yeah. Um, oh, and the truck is like, no, Michael, stop it. But secondly, I think that quite a lot of these things that we're complaining about, like the romantic plot and like the Sean Bean killing that dude, like I think a lot of it's studio notes. Like the studio was like, we need this, and we need that, and we need the other because because it's a sci-fi movie. I think if it was an action movie, you've got the presumption that people are seeing it are clever enough to know that like you know, Sean Bean's the bad guy, but because it's a sci-fi movie, they're afraid people won't understand what's going on. Yeah. I I, I think as well, like, you know, w- w- one of the things um, we, we, we spoke about with, with runtime as well is, how, how do I say this? You know, the, like you said, if the movie could have ended at about mm, the 90, 100 minute mark, but they have this bit on the end, you know, after they, he kills his sponsor and so they think he is now the original you know, the movie could have ended there, or they could have done like a voiceover, like, "Oh, I used you know Tom Lincoln's influence to tell the world about this." But they had to have this extra like twenty five minute sequence where they go back to this to the the facility and they do this massive thing. It's unnecessary. Do you know what I mean? This movie could have ended like you know thirty forty minutes earlier, and it would have felt a bit better. Do you know what I mean? Less drawn out. I agree, Ross. Um, and like, it's the it's the trouble of ending your movie, not ending your movie, but having an ending, and then like, there's half an hour of movie left, and it, low loads of movies we cover are guilty of this. Yeah, like it's just <laughs> maybe we need to look at ourselves. <laughs> like, well, we do need to maybe vet our movies a bit more. Um, but Never. Uh, what happens is Sam was away, so we picked a really shitter than even most of the movies we do movie to do it um, sounds like you're blaming sam and i'm on board i am blaming sam yeah uh, he wasn't here to restrain our baser indulgences ross which was to do a really crap 2005 michael bay movie that fucking uh, guy i do want to talk about maybe the ending is so so um i think sean bean gets a cool death where he shoots him in the neck that's fun mm. um and you know Sean Bean dying in movies. Says, also, the, the we fle- can have a whole podcast about that. <laughs> the flesh of the neck is not strong enough to support your whole body. So, like that thing that he shot through his throat would have just ripped out his throat as soon as like the weight of his body depends on it. But anyway, anyway, what's we didn't the thing all you go to <laughs> shooting people through the neck with uh, grappling hook school, Ross? Um, <laughs> so you can forgive us for for not being aware of that. Uh, 
But the scene with um, where they're both like, no, I'm Tom Lincoln, no, I'm Tom Lincoln. Mm. The stupidest thing in that is that uh, Shimon Hanzu is pointing a gun at them. He's looking at them <laughs> with his eyes, yeah, yeah. right? And the real Tom Lincoln has got the gun and he's pointing it at Clone, right? Yeah. Now, this would be solved with just having a big old clone face tattoo. But we discussed that earlier. Yeah. Like, just a big old, I'm a clone, right across the forehead. Yeah. <laughs> but he's pointing a gun at him because I'm Tom Lincoln. And all the clones have got these little bracelets that tracks their sort of, like, you know, heart yeah. rate and things like that. About 45 minutes into this standoff, it seemed, <laughs> um, the clone puts this bracelet on the real one. Shimon Hanzu goes... Oh my God, look, there's that bracelet that me, a trained military operative who's been looking at these two men for 45 fucking minutes, had not noticed. But look, that must mean he's the clone. I'll shoot him. And you're like, I don't know who's stupider, right? The character, Jimon Hanzu, for like, falling for that. The clone for thinking it would work. Michael Bay for thinking it wasn't an issue in the movie. Or you and I for watching it. <laughs> I think C and D, mainly. <laughs> yeah. but, but I quite liked that in principle I think the execution was poor because like you say the standoff has gone on for quite some time and then he lifts his arm while he's looking at the two of them and he places it on where what you could have had was like them two like you know having a scuffle on the ground you know and um, you know Mr. Laurent is trying to separate them you know to get them you know to get them away from one another and in that scuffle he puts the brace on them that way it's hidden and it explains, ah, he's got the bracelet, now I can shoot him. But yeah, th- there's one last thing I want to uh, highlight, Dave, and it's one of the things I mentioned like in our intro, and that is the the sheer volume of product placement in this movie. Like, you know, you, you have you have the regulars, you have the car models, you know, you had a lovely sort of... Yeah, I really yeah. wanted a clone after watching this. I really, really <laughs> yeah. did. You had the half a million uh, sort of car at the end in that expensive chase scene. And then you had, you know, you have Coke, you have, you have, you have the usual stuff, right? Amtrak, the type of train. But then there was things where you had the product placement in the facility. Now, in this world <laughs> where there's like a virtual reality Xbox console. Um, Money does not exist, but the clones need to yeah. be marketed to. <laughs> the, three, the Xbox 360, exactly, the Xbox 360 isn't even out. But we've got Xbox logo branding in this virtual reality where the clones kick the shit out of one another. And and, and then the, the clothing is Puma, is Puma branded. And you have to think, like, in this world, n- number one, like, who who's who's scoring this deal you know what i mean who's calling up microsoft and going hey you give us this and we'll give you what a a bill gates clone you know and the same with puma like the sheer volume of clones and the sheer volume of like clothes they uh order for them and you just think well they must be getting that at a a discount so when these clones when this whole thing goes public at the end of the movie that's microsoft bust uh you know you know it's got like crimes against humanity that's puma Bust crimes against yeah, humanity. Why, they're like, oh, Aquafina so is buying bust. is buying four thousand white jumpsuits from Puma a year. They're probably clones, right? It's probably a secret clone facility. Yeah, I mean, why this else would you be buying four thousand white jumpsuits? One. Like you got someone in the in the, like in the buying department. This is this isn't right, is it, guys? No, no, don't, don't clones, worry. That's right? that, this, yeah. this is illegal, right? Yeah, listen, I'm I'm fine. <laughs> I don't mind. Just 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 be on the level with me. Money's you, money, but you, uh, you, you can know. fuck the government, but be straight with me. Money's money, but Google tells me this is an oil refinery. <laughs> I've just Google mapped this thing, and I see a massive, massive uh, silo of corpses. Guys, someone want to explain this to me? I just want to know for the deposition. Suits. I just want to know for the deposition. That's all I want. Do you know what the do you know what the key thing there is, Ross? You don't ask, and then you you you're not you're not complicit. That's... <laughs> You start asking questions, Ross. Suddenly, when you do get called to the stand, you're going to have to perjure yourself because you know about this. That's that's excellent advice. Whereas if you're like, da, 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 da. Dave oh, Newell, that's almost definitely clones, but I'm not mentioning that to my boss. I'll just <laughs> process that invoice. No I didn't problem. even see it. <laughs> Oof. Um, I'm glad we've covered the product placement because this is this movie is fucking insane. It's bad. Uh, it's it's, it's poor. got forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Jesus uh, Christ! Roger it won Ebert an award. Didn't like it. It won I think an it was award. A Razzie, wasn't it? Well, let's have a look here. Can you find the award. Um, I'll find it. 
but this movie really feels like two movies like the first 20 minutes you've got kind of the interesting starts of a sci-fi movie and then michael bay ripped the script up mm. um, and set fire to it and it exploded with the force of 12 9-11s because that's how <laughs> michael bay does things oh my god <laughs> that's quite a, a force um, I'm looking at here. I don't know how prestigious this award is, but it's the Hollywood Film Awards. I've never heard of it, Ross. So Nor have I. My gut reaction would say it's fairly Shite. Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it also didn't make much money. I think this movie. Uh, I mean, if you're looking at the page right now, Ross, it made 35 million. I think. Um, wow. I can't think what it cost. I think it cost a lot more than that to make. I think this was a bust in terms of. Uh, in I, terms I can of imagine money. this being very expensive. Yeah, and I think there were budgetary things like they. Um, the reason it's only two thousand and nineteen is because I think earlier versions of the script had it being fifty or sixty years in the future, but they couldn't afford the set design. Basically, <laughs> um, oh, so apparently it cost about one hundred and twenty-six million to make, which is a lot of money for um, a crap movie, uh, and it made one hundred and sixty-two at box office. So it, it cleaned its face, but with marketing, probably not like. Yeah, um, you know this didn't make loads of money. Uh, we talked. I, I say we talked. Uh, I mentioned to you earlier. Uh, this came out against uh, the same year as Batman Begins, uh, the fourth Harry Potter movie, uh, various other bits and pieces. Like, no one's going to see this over any of that, you know. Yeah. No, exactly. No one's going to give a fuck, are they? There was a better crap you and McGregor out this film because the third. Star Wars prequel came out. <laughs> um, I think I think like, that's a good place to end it, don't you? It certainly <laughs> is. Before we shit all uh, over this guy's career. But it's a shame because I think that actually, like, this is one of the better casts I think we've ever covered. I think Sean Bean is a great bad guy. I think Hugh McGregor generally like very much. Scarlett Johansson obviously owns the entire world, or she will when she sues Disney correctly. Um... <laughs> You've got uh, Shimon Hanzu is always fun when he pops I love up. him. Steve yeah. Buscemi, Michael Clark Duncan. Like, this cast is stacked. You've got a lot of talent here, and you waste every bit of it. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson yeah. never has anything meaningful to do in this movie, which is why we've barely talked about her, um, other than having sex with Ewan McGregor, because that's kind of like her only moment of, like, having something to do. Mm. Well, well, you know, classic sexy baby. I mean, this movie came out, like, seven years after like Armageddon, I thought Armageddon was after this, and like Michael Clark Duncan had a much larger role in Armageddon. So you're just thinking, why did you waste him when you know what he can do? Why would you waste him in such a small role? Oh, also yeah. while we're on it, um, Michael Clark Duncan's character, the only fucking black clone, again another fucking <laughs> like something the movie nailed in terms of the future because only fucking white people are rich enough to afford this shit. <laughs> Incredible. In, like and you know what pointed bunch, out to me? It is a bunch of middle-aged white. It is a well, sea like, of white. And Scarlett I don't Johansson be... and Ewan McGregor are the best-looking clones by far. Like, there's that end scene, and like, I'm not trying to like, you know, virtue signal or whatever. But like, there was that scene at the end where you see them all pouring out, you know, going down the hill, and it's just all white people. And you just think, what? In 2019, there's only one black person rich enough to afford this. Shit. Listen, yeah, Ross, it's the, black uh, it's people the can commit atrocities uh, too. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, black people saying. can be millionaires too. Exactly. No black people can, you know, c- you know, commit crimes against humanity as well. Okay, just as well as a white guy. Well, speaking of crimes against humanity, just briefly, there's another thing of this movie throws <laughs> that is lost entirely. So the the Jimon Hanzu character has an arc. Like yes. he's the guy whose job it is to go and hunt these people down, but he changes sides at the end. It's incredibly crowbarred in. Like I don't know how they did it. They must have used a carjack or something to make that fit inside this. Somebody Ross, somebody in this movie, probably not Michael Bay, because again he was there for the explosions and that's it. Um, somebody thought that this character needed to like be redeemed and like <laughs> would the movie be quantifiably any different? If he just got paid and fucked off. If exactly. Just like, Thank you very much for this check. I'll see you later. It would not have affected anything. Probably Literally would have been nothing. six to seven minutes shorter. Which and I a bit cheaper, enjoyed. I imagine. Money, 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 money. <laughs> um, so, I will say, I think this, for me, I think this movie was 
even worse than Terminator Salvation. So I think, for me, Ross, this might be the worst movie we've done. <laughs> so uh, first of all, I want to say you're welcome. Um, second of all, I actually still like Terminator Salvation. Um, but yes, this is far worse than Terminator Salvation. It's so long. This movie is <sighs> so needlessly, long. needlessly long, and it's so boring. And fuck Nothing you, Michael happens. Bay, for thinking you can get away with it. <laughs> Michael Bay, there will be a reckoning. There will be. <laughs> your like, time, you can make your time will come. Trans- the Transformers movies you want, but you are a fucking music video director and probably a bit of a pyromaniac, and that is all you are, <laughs> sir. The, the Imaginary Movie Podcast is coming for you. Anyway, uh, Michael Bay, at us on Twitter, or we'll have you on as a guest to the show. We'll watch whichever of your movies you think is the least crap whichever the crashiest burniest explosiest (laughs) one bad boys bad boys we're definitely gonna watch bad boys anyway let's wrap it up div anyway yes uh we'll be back next week with a another movie uh not directed by michael bay because i think we need a we need some space from michael bay yeah seal the people michael bay (laughs) i think we should seal the action movie directors i've got a restraining order You'd never get a restraining order against Michael Bay. <laughs> what the fuck would he be doing within within fifty miles of Salford anyway, Ross? 